Boom. Welcome to Take Flight Podcast. What episode is this now? I'm losing track. We're doing so many episodes now. What episode this number been, six? This guy's been, this guy's been drinking for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day, long day at work. Episode six. So first of all, major, major, major thank you to all the friends, family, and the people that have listened to our podcast so far. Um, we're super grateful for all of you guys tuning in every week. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting us. And thank you for sharing it with your friends and family. If you're not doing so already, please follow our Instagram page, which is at Take Flight Podcast. Tag us in your stories. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And also, if you haven't done so already, please can you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple and any other platform that you're listening to us on. All of this helps bring our rating up and brings all the numbers up. So we really appreciate your help and support. So please continue to do so. Now let's kick off with episode six. Okay, so today in episode six, we will be talking about, as a first discussion, the importance of mentors, not just professionally, but also outside of work as well, how it's impacted our lives. Second of all, the hot topic of discussion this week is 21 Savage, or how some people are calling him Sir Savage the 21st. Apparently now he's a British citizen and there's been some issues in the in the news about him. So we'll be talking about that. And then finally, we'll be having the book recommendation this week, which is coming from, I think, Pabilo. Correct. Perfect. So let's kick it off. Cool. So what does mentoring mean to you guys? What is actually mentoring? I guess that's where we should start. P or Daniel, I know you got a few quotes for this week episode. What is it? Network. Daniel, people, people, Net- <laughs> can I just say, Daniel, for the record, people were loving your quotes the last couple of weeks. So I'm expecting a lot of quotes this week, big man. I feel like I should throw out some random quotes at the beginning <laughs> just so that P doesn't beat me. I know P's probably got, or uh, Daniel doesn't beat me. I bet you Daniel's already got like, network is your net worth or something along those lines. Nothing like that. But I will, I will kick off with something though. People don't care how much you know until they until they know how much you care mm. so people don't know how people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and that comes in you know mentorship leadership whatever it may be yeah. but you know to start off what is mentorship so i see mentorship myself as a relationship which a more experienced person or more knowledgeable person helps to guide someone who's less experienced or less knowledgeable um, in a certain area of expertise this person could be older this person could be younger yeah. Um, also a mentorship a mentor or someone you view as a mentor you don't actually have to have a direct relationship with them you can have a mentor from afar so someone like say bill gates or warren buffett could be a mentor and you you glean knowledge from them or you glean um some sort of yeah you glean knowledge from them by watching their attitudes or watching what they do how they do things and in the way in which they do it so it could be a mentorship from afar. It could, you know, you wouldn't necessarily have met the person, and they wouldn't necessarily know you viewed them as a mentor. For example, we as brothers, cousins, and oh, older brothers, older cousins, we're we're being watched by those younger than us, but we don't even know it. They could view us as a mentor. Mm. So sometimes you don't even know. Sometimes people mm. come and approach you, say, you know, do you mind being? Do you mind? Can I can I be your mentee and can you mentor me? Mm. But also one thing I've also found is. When you do look for a mentor, uh, a mentor, a relationship, um, a mentorship, 
is what is it that you want to get out of it? And also set the expectations. What do you ex scrap that? When I see mentorship is you have to be honest as what do you expect to get from your mentee? And also as a mentee, what do you expect from your mentor? So that you can, from the very outset, define and decide what it is you expect and what they expect of you. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think you touched upon quite a few key points. Some really good points. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key thing when it comes to select or when I select a mentor is, like you mentioned, someone that has uh, experience in a particular goal or aspiration or area that I pretty much enjoy. So you don't, it's very rare that you find what I say is a complete package or human being. Um, the way I look at it is there might be one aspect, maybe financial or finance, and you, you're inspired by someone, you inspired about what they've been able to achieve. So that mentor has to already have results and already, 100%. already experienced um, the been struggle, been there, been there and done, done it. it. Exactly, been there and done it. Or you can even actually go into like religion. So someone could be spiritually where you want to be. So it's someone that's in a particular place that you want to get to and has that experience. And then you sort of go from there and you can have more than one mentor. I never see as having one. It's multiple mentors that's already experienced stuff is the way I sort of look at how I select or look for a mentor. But one thing, you know, one thing I want to say is I don't know if we're, if we're touching it. I want to give everyone an opportunity to speak, but people sometimes don't understand the difference between a mentor or a sponsor or say champion. Mm. And I don't know, maybe we can touch on that a bit later uh, in the conversation, what the difference between a mentor is and a sponsor. But yeah, Sherelle, P, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to add, I mean, some really good points. Um, for me, the the importance of having a mentor has become increasingly more important over the last few years in this journey that I've been and there's been a saying that stuck with me and resonated very well which was it's not what happened in your life it's who happened right so a lot of your success is going to come down to which mentor or which person did you have that was essentially guiding you through different phases of your life so I didn't actually see it as something which was as big as it is today a few years back but um, once you become more definitive in your plan your purpose and what you want to do it becomes extremely crucial to have someone that's been there and done it. And then the importance of effectively following that person and doing what they say almost to the to the absolute T. So it's, it's, it's a great way to almost guarantee uh, success. Yeah, 100%. I'm in full agreement with you guys. I think the best mentors are really the ones who have basically done everything that you're striving to achieve. And they you can see through their actions the, the blueprint that they've set up for you to follow. And actually, even thinking about it now, some of the best mentors I've been able to connect with, both professionally and personally, sometimes these are actually people that may not have a direct impact in my career or what I'm doing, but just having some serious conversation with them yeah. and having them question some of my decision-making can help point me in the right direction without me even realizing as well. Yeah. I think that can be really the difference between a, a great mentor or one who can really make you take a step change in your life. Because sometimes you also don't necessarily need someone to give you all the answers. But if they can at least nudge you in the right way or help you open the door to the answer yourself, yeah. then those are the moments that can really change big things in your life. So, so let's get a little like... It's also, it's yeah, also real quick. It's also about finding ways to cut the learning curve. So they, you heard, you, everybody knows the saying... 
um, you should learn from your mistakes. But it's even better to learn from other people's mistakes. mistakes. Exactly. And a great exactly. way to do that is to have a mentor in the space that you're actually trying to work in or succeed in. And that really, really makes a difference. So, like, after you guys have, I think we talked about, identified someone that you want to be your mentor, what practical way do you go about actually asking them? Is Do you just go over and say, hey, I really like how you're doing in X, Y, and Z. Would you mind being my mentor? How do you guys truly practically go up to someone and ask them to be your mentor? Great question. I so, me, go ahead, Pete. Yeah, I was actually, so... So I would actually say right now I'm struggling to find a mentor in, say, let's say these sort of side businesses that we're working on outside of work, right? Mm -hmm. How do you find a mentor? How do you approach the situation to find someone that has been there and done it and work with that person and find that time? So that's something that I'm currently working on. It'd be good to get your ideas from that. But from a work standpoint, um, it depends also on the company. It's not necessarily so difficult. I think it's just a case of raising your hand and saying, look, is there someone actually I can engage with on a monthly basis to learn from or understand perhaps what decisions I should make for my career? So work-wise, it hasn't actually been too difficult to um, have a mentor. Perhaps what is more challenging is to get the right mentor because I've been in a situation where I've had a mentor a few years back and it, it wasn't the right person, you know? So it was very awkward. Our conversations, there wasn't really much and it didn't really last long. Hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's also, to Daniel's point, getting the right mentor. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah, I think um, for, for me, I think professionally trying to find the right mentor is first of all, as you've mentioned, Ollie, if you identify this person having the right attributes, etc. If there's a way that you know someone that knows them that can give you a recommended introduction, I think that's always an easier way to connect with people, especially yeah. more senior people. If they, if they, if you get recommended to them through someone that they trust and they already have a relationship with, then that door goes from being open only a small amount to being open a lot wider. So that's one thing. I think outside of outside of work in the other aspects that we're looking at. I think it's actually driven more by your actions and putting yourself in an environment where you will potentially meet like-minded people who are doing very well. Mm. So for example, if it's property, going to property seminars, going out and meeting other investors, there you'll meet with other people. Mm. Then if it's around social media, if you want to try to gain more of a social media following, or if you want to learn how to do a podcast, go connect with people who you know have already got a podcast or connect with people who you know that have already got a social media following and they're doing something with it. So I think one is trying to connect with them directly and getting an introduction. And two, just do it, do your actions along the track that you want to go down or meet someone. And then along the way, you'll, you'll probably connect with someone who's doing something similar. Yeah, sure. And I would say just add on that. For, on my part is, what are you willing to bring to the table? Because mm. I think a lot of times people look for mentors and just say, hey, I like what you do, send an email and just leave it there. I find yeah. if I talk about work, the best way to find a mentor at work is I might work on a side project with that person. So already yeah. that person identifies, okay, you're passionate. There's some sort of talent there and they're willing to invest in you because mentoring someone takes a lot of time and investment. Mm. And you want to know that the person that you're investing in is passionate, driven, and shows a certain level of ambition or talent in a specific area. So I think a lot of times people just go to mentors and just say, hey, I need help, but also bring something to the table. If it's, um, yeah, go on, go on. 
No, I think it's a very uh, interesting point because I actually think that's actually one of the reasons why people probably hesitate to try and find a mentor. They're too busy. We are too busy second-guessing. Well, I can't really bring anything to the table, so why am I going to waste that person's time? Mm. But I think um, we all have something to give. I think it just depends on how you look at it. Um, I mean, let's take the, the, the sort of usual scenario where if you're in a professional standpoint, we're pretty young and you're probably going to have a mentor that's maybe in its 50s or, or maybe higher. So you're probably thinking, this is such someone has a lot of experience. What can I bring to the table? I mean, one, you can even do reverse mentoring. That's that's an idea. Uh, two, you can think about what programs at, at sort of your level, at your stage, you could actually perhaps offer. So I think a lot of us um, have a lot more to give than we think. And that should be a reason that should give us more encouragement to find uh, a mentor and, and understand, like you said, it, it can certainly be two-way. No. Yeah. And I think if you if there's really someone out there, and I really mean this, if there's really someone out there who you're admiring from afar, either professionally or personally, just ask. There is yeah, literally yeah, yeah. no downside. If you ask them and they say, no, they're too busy, then you're not any worse off anyway. And nine times out of ten, the people that have just asked for their time, they've been kind enough to offer. And then we've been able to build a relationship from it. And some of these relationships have completely changed the scope of my life. So just... I would always recommend anyone just ask and worst case, even if they say no, you're not any, any worse off. And you guys, you guys are listening to someone that's got a lot of no's, you know, from girls, just in general, <laughs> he's used to rejection. So he's talking from experience. What's the worst that can happen apart from a no? <laughs> on the last episode, every no you hear is one step closer to another yes. So you just got to race through those no's anyway. So don't worry about so it. So how many no's are you on? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think let's move back to um, Daniel, what you were talking about, the difference between uh, mentors and um, sponsors. A lot of times, well, I don't want to focus on the work arena and um, professional, but sometimes people get, there's a fine line between what a mentor is and a sponsor. And it's not to try and get them mixed. So, we see someone as a mentor, someone who can advise you, you know, someone who's got knowledge in a certain field and ex- expertise in a field. But something a sponsor, I would say, is a sponsor, someone who hasn't is an advocate for you. So someone that would be a champion and always put you in, you know, a good position. So if there was someone, say, for example, in a work environment, you're looking to take, change your role and you're applying for a role, what a sponsor would do is to say, okay. I know of this person, I think they will be a good fit. I can vouch for them, I know them, et cetera, et cetera. They put in a good word for you. Whereas a mentor is someone that wouldn't be in that position or do that role, but there's someone who could advise you, maybe even on the approach, how to perform an interview or give you some um, some tips. Um, so that's, that's what I mean loosely. I don't want to go into too much depth, but typically also a sponsor could be someone that's at a senior level within the organization. If it's for a role you're going through, going for in an organization um so yeah no that's let's let's do something which is quite interesting let's do a bit of role playing so um shuo or daniel why don't you try to what would you if myself and all were mentors that you want to be mentored by what would you say to us on the first opportunity so if i want to approach you to be a mentor Correct. And we oh, was in, for example, a... Uh... Well, it wouldn't be you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, is defi- this, is definitely, this is definitely a role. Definitely I, thought a role. You, I thought you were. I thought you were. But anyways, <laughs> but what would be what would be sort of your go-to, your go-to lines or how would you try to break the ice? 
I'll, I'll, I'll be simple. So say if I didn't know you, you know, I'd introduce myself and, you know, I would say, okay, let's, let's be realistic. Hi, my name's Daniel. Um, no, that's okay. So backtrack. Hi, Fabula, my name's Daniel. Um, I work in XYZ mm-hmm. and, you know, I've, I'm in this position in my life, in my career, and I'm looking to take the next steps. You know, what, what, what advice would you give to someone or if you're at my age what would you what advice would you give work hard son okay i might have phrased that wrong. not my age okay cool work hard so but, but, what, I'm, but what i mean though is, is like how would you get to that point where you you try to hook them and say so would you i would to- start off i would start yeah. off maybe even talking doing some research about a person so okay. i'll find out maybe your interest so, or what you're working... Hey, P, I was listening to your podcast. I heard you've got a few um, side businesses and um, um, entrepreneur pursues that you're actually doing at the moment. It'll be good if we can grab a coffee and, you know, get to understand what you're working on. I've started my own side company. So that first, you're already showing the passion that, okay, you're actually not someone that's just wasting your time, but I'm actually putting some action in there and it'll be great if we can brainstorm because I am actually I actually look up to what you've been able to achieve at such a early stage or whatever I'm sort of um I look at, look up to you for. So that's how I would go about it, but I would always try and do my research on a person so I can make them feel like the center of attention. Feed their ego. Joe, actually I would what I would actually do as a, as a first approach is I would know you buy, them, all... you buy them whiskey. I know what you do. Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> you got to edit that bit out. What I would do is if I know if I know that Olu knows Pabilo, then I would actually, and if I know Olu very well, I would say Olu, actually, do you have time for a quick coffee? And then I would just ask him, okay, what's the problem that I have, or what's the area of knowledge I'm trying to gain? Um, and mentioned to Olu that I know this this guy Pabila, I know that he's also in, in a similar space to, to that. Like, do you think it's worthwhile connecting with him? Um, and then Olu, hopefully knowing me and also knowing Pabilo, if he says, yeah, I think actually that's a great idea, he'll be the best person to talk to. And then if Olu can send that invitation or that initial email to be like, hi, P, I'm sure I was a guy a great friend of mine and he wants to know about XYZ I know you're big in that space I think you guys should connect over coffee so that's actually how I would approach it but then that's then that you know I would say that's also expanding into networking because mm. having a network yeah, helps, yeah, you, helps you feed off various people with different connections and you know going back to sponsorship or a sponsor so a sponsor would be someone who does have protégés some a sponsor would be um help them give them say drive in their in their career vision give them an active network connections to make new connections for them so they say okay i know this person go ahead and talk to them and see what they can give you they won't necessarily advise you on what to do do you and sorry go ahead daniel no no go go now i was gonna say do you do you think that a sponsor can be both a sponsor and a mentor like what i what's the difference because it seems i I know what you mean in terms of kind of pointing you towards the right people etc but what would, but, what do you think is the clear difference between? I'll say the, the, I'll say the clear difference is a mentor advises you, whereas a sponsor advocates for you. One hundred percent. But the same yeah. person, one person can fit both roles, no? They could, one person yeah. could do a mixture of the two, yeah. but it's better to have someone who's a clear mentor and someone you see as a sponsor. 
Yeah. But there, there could be someone who does both. Yeah. I say, for me, I say sponsor someone that can influence in a senior or executive way to push your career forward. So it could be the same person, but I always think of a sponsor, someone that can influence a, a career path or, or progression, if we're talking about work-wise. Yeah, um, yeah. I completely, I completely, what, what do you, I completely what do you agree. Guys, what do you guys think about having more than one mentor? Five, I think, six, I, seven? I think, I think, I think that's a good idea. Good. I think that's good because I think there are different areas in your life that you want to improve mm. and maybe one person might not have all those key attributes that you're looking for. So you might look for very key specific things, ones that you resonate mm. with, things that, you know, hold true to you, your culture, your beliefs, your values. Mm. So you might look at this person for X and that person for Y. Mm. And sometimes mm. you don't even know the areas that you you might need a mentor for. I remember one time I was driving with my um, with my uncle and he asked me a question that caught me out, like caught me off guard. He was like, so Olu, like, um, how do you decide who you're dating or if you go out and make out with someone or hook up with someone? And I was like, wait, 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 he said, no, no, make no. out with someone. No, what? no, no. He was asking the question in terms of who do I, that, that's what he actually said. But he was asking the question in terms of who do I actually talk to about relationships? And I think, I could just speak for myself. A lot of times when it came to relationships and stuff, I would try and navigate on my own, like in terms of um, who you date, what sort of person you date, how you act as a gentleman. And I was like, oh, that's when I realized, oh, you know what? Maybe it would be good to actually get a mentor, someone that's married or someone that I look up to and say, okay, how did you get to this stage? How did you decide who you're going to marry? So sometimes it catches you off guard in terms of the areas that you need a mentor or the areas that you need a mentor in. But um, yeah, you definitely you can have multiple, I would say multiple mentors. I, I agree with, with um, you can get a lot from different people. I also feel that it could also, it depends on, I guess, what you, what you, what you want to do and where you're going. But it also, it also can be a risk by having too many mentors because then you might even find yourself having conflicting messages in certain in certain areas so it's um if you're fortunate enough to have to find one or two people that actually um tick most of the boxes i would i would literally really zero in and focus on them because hmm. you only really need one right it's, it's just the right one but is there really one person out there is there really but, one but, person out but, there that meets but, but, but then the thing about it is this yeah, go on. But, but also, like mentors, they might not be around for a lifetime. They might just be for a specific season, for a specific period, and that's it. That's your mentor for that particular um, goal that you have set, and that you the goal you have set, and that's it. And sometimes people don't want to let go of their mentor. They feel like they have a, a, a lifetime obligation to be to be letting them know what's what's going on. So actually, one one question, because um, I think we've been also speaking and I think we've all benefited from being on the receiving end of being a mentor. But I think the fact that now we're getting to that stage where there's younger people around us, even there's been cases where I know some of us have done reverse mentoring, where we're mentoring people who are more senior, who want to learn more about the younger, younger generation. How have you, got, how have you guys found the experience of actually being a mentor? Why are you assuming that the people on this call are mentors? <laughs> I think you need to first ask the question who meant it. Nah, I'm joking. I'm playing. I'm playing. Um, <laughs> no, um, I think the first time someone asks you to mentor them, um, I think the f it's fair, first it's very humbling because yeah. I think sometimes you forget that you have expertise or you've reached a certain place. Um, 
so I think that's the first aspect of it is humbling the fact that someone's requesting or asking for you to support them through their decisions or share some of your experience. Now, um, a few years ago, I used to mentor at church. And the reason I did that was I went to, um, I'd graduated from university and I got a really good job. So there was a lot of people in my church who were starting their university process and mm. they had a lot of uncertainty, didn't know what to expect. So I was able to sort of provide well, my experience. Yeah, you're gone. <laughs> when you told them about your experience, did you tell them about how you ended up on financial computing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I was able to tell them how I ended up on financial computing, but I was also able to graduate with a first class. And I told them how I was able to graduate with a first class. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, like I was saying, um, yeah, it's just humbling and, it's always great to give back. And I think when you get to a place or a certain um, caliber in your life, you need to start thinking of how do you give back and pull other people back. And I, I think it's something that we don't do enough of. Um, I personally need to do more of it. And I sort of encourage everyone to sort of find someone that they can mentor. Yeah, maybe on that topic. Uh, so, so, so on that note, I think it's time for me to drop a quote. Because you all love my quote so much. <laughs> Oli was talking about giving back. And I always say, if you if you have to give back, you've taken too much. Because you should never be giving back. You should be always giving as you're, as you're taking in. You shouldn't be giving back because you've got so much in. You've taken too much in that case. I'm just going to say your quotes are starting to started to reduce in terms of quality like the, the the listeners have come to a certain expectation of quality daniel i feel like you need to up your game when it comes to your course but i think actually just on the just on the um interest of time as well because i think we could talk about this forever i think the last point that you mentioned Olu, about giving back maybe that's a topic that we can even discuss into uh into another episode about giving back and also us being mentors to other people maybe it's a topic we can take up another time hmm. But why don't we quickly just go round to wrap up this section and just say, what is the key thing you benefit from for, um, for, uh, for having a mentor? Like, what is the number one thing you benefit when it comes to having a mentor? And why is it so important to you? Uh, so like I said, I'll go back to what I said before. In your life, it's not what happened to you. It's who happened to you. The mentor is important for a sense of direction and ultimately your compass. Yeah. For me, get, having a mentor has been the difference between... Um, my career going one particular direction and then being jump-started to a different level. Um, and my, my biggest takeaway would be, and this is actually told to me by a mentor very early in my career, that you miss 100% shot of the shots that you don't take. So if, you, if there is someone out there that you admire, that you respect, that you want to learn from, just ask them for some of their time and then just take it from there. You'll be surprised with their, with their response. Cool. I'd say a mentor is good because it helps you find out things about yourself, what you're missing, where you can improve yourself, and also sharing their own experiences with you. And also reinforcing that you shouldn't make decisions when you're angry or make decisions when you're happy. And I'll try and take Daniel's place and drop a deep quote. So, <laughs> so in terms of mental, I say, uh, a person learns from their mistake. A smart person learns from other people's mistakes. So leverage a mentor. To learn from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not quite up to my standard, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I haven't been feeling my hundred percent so so I'll, I'll let you have that one. This week. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it. I know next week you're gonna come with so many quotes. <laughs> so let's move on to the next 
section and topic around 21 Savage. P, why don't you just open up, just give a background on who 21 Savage, why are we even talking about him this week? Yeah, so this week actually with the hot topic, I thought it would be interesting to actually flip it. So many of us, um, I, I believe, know 21 Savage is a hip-hop recording artist. Um, I like him. I think he's doing really, really well. And recently he's come under, come under scrutiny by, I think it's called ICE, um, where they've basically said um, he's actually stayed overstayed his welcome in the in the united states and i think he's originally from the uk he traveled when he when he was the age of seven and he's been in the states for like 21 years so or 20 21 years and so now he actually faces no pun intended where, yeah yeah no pun <laughs> now he faces a situation where he has to get deported um back to uk hopefully not but i actually thought it'd be interesting to take that opportunity take that hot topic and say if you guys are put in the same situation as him with everything that you know today uh, your intelligence, your resource, your your network, and you had to go back to Shual, Bangladesh, Olu, and um, Daniel, Nigeria, myself, Sierra Leone. What would what would you do? What would be the first thing you do? You think about um, how would you set yourself up? Um, and the, and you actually it was confirmed. You was deported back with with no opportunity to return. Olu, I think you're the perfect person to start this off. Being born in Nigeria, being born in Nigeria, how how would you feel? What are you trying to insinuate? My papers you know, are in order. What are you trying I, to insinuate? Papers, you know, you've been there for what twenty one years since <laughs> since you came back from Nigeria to the UK. You know, this could also be this could be you. But you know, how, after, how, after, you know? This, after this podcast, um, I was going to get a text of an unknown number. Uh, <laughs> I just get a knock at my door. Excuse me. Exactly. <laughs> No. Yeah, um, so, so what would you? What would be your going through your head? What would you do? How would you? How would you see it? First thing that would come to my or my head or mind would be family and friends. Um, I think that's something that you can't put a price on. Um, something that you've built over years. Um, the relationships that you have, um, the friendships that you have, family that you have here not having that opportunity to see them again. Um, so that would be the number one thing, the the pain, the, the emotions around not being able to see your family and friends as frequently as you previously were able to. So that would be the first one. Daniel, what do you think? Oh, it would be quite tough. Reason being... I wasn't born in Nigeria. I haven't lived there for an extensive period of time. The longest I've been there was for a month, and that was in 2012. So really and truly, it's not, I call it my home, but it's not a home that I've known. Being in the sense of, if I was to go, I'm going to the unknown. Of course, there you can see opportunities in it, and there are many opportunities if I was to go. But also the prospect of knowing that you can never come back to the UK, or in 21 Savage's case, back to the US, that could be rather detrimental to his, you know, his career, his livelihood. Mm. Of course, he can still be successful in the UK, but having that reach and the opportunities that present themselves in the US um, could be perceived differently. But if I was to, you know, have to move back to Nigeria, uh, being deported, which means I can never come back to the UK again, I'm essentially put into surroundings that I don't know. I'd have to make complete new set of friends as I don't have any friends in Nigeria. I've got family, but no friends. Mm. And I would have to start from scratch, essentially. And I'm not seeing, saying all this to be negative because with it, it depends. It's not what you it's not what you see. It's how you see things. So it could be potentially a room full of many opportunities. I've learned skills. 
I've built a network here. So who said I can't start a business or use those skills that I've um, fostered and incubated in the UK over in Nigeria? 100%. So, mm. you know, there are positives from it. But personally, it would be a big shock to the system. It would be a tough pill to swallow at first. But then at the same time, when your location changes, your orientation must change, recalibrate your mind. Mm. But just Daniel, no, if you have to go back to Nigeria, we welcome you back home. You are you are one of us. No matter where you were born, well, I, you are well, one yeah, of us. I, 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 I do have dual citizenship. Yeah. So I do have I do have Nigerian passport. <laughs> of course, I mean, of course, friends and family will be extremely tough. But in terms of, like, um, how would you see the the level of opportunity? Because I mean, we've had these discussions before in terms of what we think we can do back home and 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 how much value we think we can add over the over the long term. So would you not see as? I'm almost sitting here thinking to myself. I would see it as a challenge, well, I would see it as an opportunity to, over time, over the 10, 15 year period, build something up and say, guys, look, you better join this or, or you're missing out, mm. you know? So it's, um, and it could be in the educational space, it could be development in real estate, um, a lot of charity work. I actually think what's interesting about this topic is if we were faced with that situation, we could provide a lot more value than, than, than perhaps what we, what, we do, what we do now. No, P, uh, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be easy. It wouldn't be easy. P, def- sure. I agree with you in terms of yes, we would be able to provide a lot of value there, but I think we would we would also understand the importance of, like Daniel said, having the right network on the ground, because you can go there with a bunch of skills, knowledge. If you don't know the right people, you'll find out. I can just talk about Nigeria, but you'll find out how important it is in certain countries to know like know the right people versus what you can bring to the table it's not just about your skills and your knowledge but it's more important who you know yeah i I think i think that's paramount it's not what you know it's who you know and that's also when you come to your network it's not it's not who you know it's how well you know them because Mm. unless you know them very well they can't really help you or they may not help you as much as you want and you know for me if i was to be forced to spend the majority of my time in nigeria at first, I'd be extremely frustrated. Not because <laughs> no, no, no. I'd, the way the way you said that, I would be extremely frustrated. It's almost like that verdict was given, and you're like, "Nah, I'm gonna be frustrated." <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving to Nigeria. I mean, frustrated because of how the country works. Because you can't come to a developing country. I say developing because yeah, it's developing although it shouldn't be a developing country, with a Western way of thinking, expecting Western results. I can't come with being born in England, living here all, all the years of my life and expect the same to be done in Nigeria because that's going to that's gonna be a recipe for disaster. Mm. You're going to be frustrated because they don't do things in a timely way. In the banks, it's very different. I was there last week and, you know, going to the bank to do certain things. I was there three days in a row to do something very simple. <laughs> and... You know, you, you, you know, I you must have been pissed. I know you, boy. No, no, you was, was pissed. I, 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 <laughs> I've had to adapt my way of thinking to... To, and acclimatize to the environment I'm in. Not mm. to say that I set, um, I put my standards lower, but in order to avoid frustration and to alleviate any stress, you have to now immerse yourself into that culture that you're in mm. and almost be like a chameleon. Otherwise, trust me, you're 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 mm. yeah. The heat will get to you. You'll get angry, <laughs> sweating. Hey, sure, sure. What do you think? How how would it work in Bangladesh? Um, We're so looking at pre- presidency. I- I think it always depends down into the circumstances where you're moving. Now, if you're moving because you've been kicked out of the UK, then I think there would be a sense of frustration. I think the older I get, 
the more I appreciate the fact that in the UK there's certain laws, exactly as what Daniel was saying, certain processes, ways of doing things. Now, if I was to move to Bangladesh on a good footing with my British citizenship intact and with the contacts and everything that I have in the UK, and then I try to do something in Bangladesh, I think there's a lot more that I could do. And I have a lot, a lot more access to capital, a lot more access to people. If I was kicked out of the country in the UK and I had to go back, yes, it would be challenging. And I hear Daniel what he's saying as well. In those types of countries that are developing countries, there's just a completely different way of doing things. I remember... A few years ago, my dad, he had some land in one of the cities in Bangladesh. And my idea when I started working was to try and put money into that land to try and build an apartment block. Now, it sound, the location of the land is amazing. It's right in the middle of a city in one of the more um, cosmopolitan parts. It all makes sense. But exactly what Daniel was saying, it's not necessarily the skills you have. It's the people that you need to know on the ground that make things happen. Mm. And after speaking with my parents more and more, we came to the conclusion that actually the amount of time, hassle, potentially extra effort, people cheating you, people trying to cut corners with you, if you put all of that and you weigh up that versus the opportunity, maybe the opportunity isn't as great as I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, saying that, I mean, I'm actually going to Bangladesh in April. So if there's any listeners from Bangladesh, hit me up in, uh, hit me up in April. I'll be there for the next, uh, for the last two weeks of the month. And to be honest, this is the first time I'm going back in over 10 years. I'm going back with my parents. I'm actually very, very excited. I'm going to actually see this land firsthand and see how good of an opportunity it is. Maybe I'll come back and speak to you guys and completely change my mind and tell you that it's the best thing ever and that all of you guys should give me some of your money and let's buy real estate in Bangladesh. But until then, yeah, I think I'd try and make the most of the opportunity, but it would be challenging in those countries. Yeah. But I think if we take, if aside from the networking and knowing people on the ground, I would personally be excited. Um, oh, but, but I think, but one, but one thing yeah. we're not saying is that if we were to say we're deported, that will hurt your pride. That will hurt you. The fact that you're saying you're being deported, it would hurt. Let's be real. Okay, well, hurt, take, hurt in what way? Hurt in what way? I'm not going to tell you you do not belong, belong here. Go back to where right. you like, okay. I'll tell you the, the one reason okay, why it does. A key example the UBS trader, Kweku Edaburu. Yes, I heard about him. Yeah. Back to Ghana. He never lived there. Born there, but came, came to UK. You know, obviously, scapegoat, UBS, rogue trader, whatever. Two billion pound worth of. Yeah. Jeez. He's, he's now been. You know, <laughs> like, how. You're going back to somewhere that they're saying it is your home, but you've never lived there. You've never known to be your home. Come is on. He, where is it? What, what's his no, situation? I'll tell you now? the reason. No, he's, he's not Ghana. back. He can't, yeah, he's still in Ghana. I he say. Scotland. He was in Aberdeen before he got deported, and then they decided that they were going to deport him. Like, mm. come on. That. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I think. think Daniel, yeah, Daniel, that aspect. Be... No, that aspect, yes, obviously, the uncertainty, I think, is one of the reasons why you'll be frustrated and have that emotion, the uncertainty. But after you get... yeah, You, you said you'll be excited. So I would be excited. You're, I said, you're telling I was, me tomorrow, home office. Yeah. Because, because you didn't, I guess you didn't listen. You didn't listen to what I said. I said, outside... She's, she's, messed, she's messed up your papers. Okay. She now comes and says to you, oh, Uluwa Bemiga, yeah, you do not belong, <laughs> you do not belong in yeah. the UK. You must go back to your, your place of birth. I and said, outside me, of the... They don't, they don't give you time to pack your bags. Okay, you're I don't think you're listening. You're gone. Outside of the you're family... You're taking your iPhone. Okay, now are you ready to listen? Okay, <laughs> okay, cool. So outside of the family aspect of it, and obviously the fact that your initial emotional aspect is the uncertainty will give you fear, frustration. Outside of that, looking at a positive point of it, I would be excited. 
reason I would be excited is I have friends in Nigeria. People that are working out there, people that I've met from traveling around the world. So even after I graduated from my graduate, um, my um, previous job, I was contemplating the idea of moving back to Nigeria. Mm. I was actually contemplating the idea of moving back to Nigeria. One, I personally feel like there's a lot of opportunity. I've been able to be educated in the West, learn and see quite a lot of systems in the West, and I could go back to Nigeria and be able to take that there. I think that's mm. one opportunity that you have. Um, excited because there's an element of it that you have. My, gram, my grandma lives in Nigeria. Being able to see her more often, more frequently. Being able to see um, family members that you don't get to see more frequently. Also, there's an aspect of it where in the UK, you will always be seen as a second class. Being back in Nigeria, you truly feel at home. And I'm not sure if that's the same with you, but whenever I go to Nigeria, I totally feel at home. I feel like this is where I was meant to be. This is when I walk around, I see people that I can relate to. So I'm not sure if that's the same way you feel, Daniel, but I think you should maybe go back to Nigeria more often oh, and, oh, we, we, and we, um, for a longer we, period of time and you no, might, no, your views might no, change. No, but I told you I was there for a month. I, I was there for a month because I was going to do my youth service. I was going to, you know, live and work in Nigeria as well. I have no mm. problem with that. But the thing is, when you're deported, they don't give you a house to stay. So you you land in Lagos. So but who do you call in? Your, your friends from your previous no. job to put you up. Do you know where my do, do you know where my family live? Do you know where my family? I don't think so. If Daniel, if you get deported, where would you stay if you go to Nigeria? Uh, let's let's just agree, let's just agree to disagree. No 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 wait 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 no 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 wait that wait 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 people people where would you live where would you live where would you live would you live, would you live on the street? Do you not have family? Do you not have infrastructure in in Nigeria that will keep you comfortable for a period of time? Yeah, I've got a family house in Nigeria. I'll stay there. But the fact is, so you'll be okay. Sorry. So you'll be okay. In yes. terms of you have somewhere to live, you have yes. food, you have like you acted as if they're gonna drop you off in a country no, no. that you don't no, know no. anyone that's, there. That's but that's that's my current situation. But if someone is being so say I was born in um, Argentina, if I'm being deported to Argentina, I don't know anyone there. I'm get I'm. Get why would they? Off. Why would they drop you off in Argentina? Why would they just randomly I'm, drop I'm, you I'm off? Give an example to say that I hadn't been to Nigeria. For example, people that get deported haven't been to that country since birth, so they haven't known it since maybe they were one one years old. But. 21 so Savage, he was there until he was 13. Six. Or six. Or, or, 13, or, or yeah, or whatever age he was. He was there for a period of time. I'm sure he's got... Oh, I'm assuming he's got family there. I think in our example, we have family back home. So we're not talking about someone that doesn't have any family. Anyway, doesn't. Anyway, okay. Anyways, we can move on. But okay, listen, listen, I would personally be excited listen, of the I'm opportunity there. But get us up in the, in the DM. Comment on our post. We want to hear your views. You know, who do you... Not who's to decide on, but let's, let's hear what your opinions are. And if you're from Nigeria, Daniel wants to make some new friends, so DM him, email him, <laughs> just in case he goes back. All right, so book review. P, over to you. Yeah, so the book review uh, this week is actually a book called As a Man Think It, uh, written by James Allen. And um, I came across this book because the, the great Tony Robbins actually said this was one of the many books which changed and inspired his life. And interesting enough, it's actually only about 35 
what, 35 pages? Very, very short read. That is a light book. And that yeah. text is like 42 size. Yeah, very, very short he, read. Listen, he loves his <laughs> he loves his he short reads. Your short storybook. <laughs> and like, and biff and chip. <laughs> last I said last time P did a book review, it had like bare pictures and it had bare yeah. diagrams and pictures. This he week only chip. 30 pages. Right, P, P, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> No, but in, in essence, just to give you, just to summarize it, I don't have to go into detail. It's, it's, it's in essence, what it's about is basically the mind, purpose and character being all as one. So what I'll do, um, which I think is useful, is just read a few lines that I think stand out to me. Um, and then you can get a sense of, as to what the book is really trying to, to bring home. Mm. So the first thing that stands out is, um, it says here, a man is literally what he thinks, his character being the complete sum of his thoughts. All right. So it's, it's really all about um, the mind. Um one of the things here, which I thought was, so this one for me stood out. It's, it says here, men do not attract what they want, but they attract what they are. So when I was, when I, when I read that, it, it was a lot, because there are many times when it's easy to, to, to draw up a list of all the things that we would like in life around love, health, wealth, and happiness. But we don't tend to think about what do I need to become in order to attract those things, right? That part we miss out completely. And I guess it's also being guided to think that way. So how that helped me is to understand, okay, if I visualize what I would like to have in the next 10, 15 years, what person do I need to become in order to realize that, manage that, have that, and try to become that person today? Mm. So it's... it's um, That's powerful. Um, this, one was, this one I thought was also very similar lines. It says, men are anxious to improve. And by the way, even though this book is as a man think it, you can literally flip the word men with woman, right? So I think it applies to human beings in general. So... Um, the line is men are anxious to improve their circumstances, but unwilling to improve themselves. Right. Mm. Therefore, they remain bound. So I think it, I think with just those few um, lines itself, you get a sense as to the message that it's, it's really trying to um, reinforce. But, but how do you guys sort of um, receive that? The idea around becoming more in order to in order to yeah, realize I, I i personally love that concept and i was just thinking about it when you were talking about it p that really sounds a lot like um the law of attraction which i think most people are aware of the were the whatever you want out there in the world if you move towards that direction you'll be surprised by how those things start coming towards you so people always say people sometimes like to complain about their friends or oh, i would like i wish i was hanging out with more positive people or people that don't complain as much all the time. And the best way to attract those people is become that type of person yourself, become 100%. someone who doesn't complain, become someone who sees a lot of opportunities. So I think that's that's the bit that really resonated with me, P, when you were talking about it, how it how it's really linked to the law of attraction, which I'm a huge, huge believer in. Well, for me, it just relates back to the Bible verse in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And I think that's what when I read about this book as well, I think he based this book, the title it loosely based on that proverb. Mm. Um, and it's something Say I, again, I Daniel. Say that proverb again. It's as a Proverbs 23, seven, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm. And it goes back to even, you know, all a lot of motivational speakers talk about it, you know, filling your mind with positive thoughts. I spoke about it the other day in the early, the routines, early morning routines, and what do you what you do is you know feed your mind with positive thoughts because you're essentially are going to manifest what you think about the majority of the time. So whether it's negative things, you know negative things may will manifest itself. Whether it's positive things, positive things will manifest itself. So it's really really take ownership of what you feed your mind, what you even say over, what you meditate on, and what you ponder. Mm. Yeah. 
One other, one other one I'll just share is um, every man is where he is by the law of his being. The thoughts which he has built into his character have brought him here. And in the arrangement of his life, there is no element of chance. Right. So, again, something which is is um, very powerful and, and reinforces the strength of, as you guys spoke about it, what you feed your mind is everything. Yeah. And I think... Um... Like really what and I think people underestimate the power of your mind because before you started the job that you're doing before you started Creating anything before anything before any action It all started with a thought with an idea in your head of I want to do this and then from that idea in your head You're able to translate that into an action which led to an outcome So mm. I think if people are really conscious of what they have in their mind and what people are saying what you feed into your mind so I think all of us were big on reading books or listening to podcasts and these types of things. But if you're consuming content, which is just um, negative or it's more gossipy, tabloid, like daily mail stuff, which I think everyone has, everyone sometimes has advice. Sometimes, don't get me wrong, sometimes if I'm on a, on a break with something, I'm just scrolling through daily mail just to see some of the, the news headlines. But you gotta be conscious of this because mm. you feed, you, what, you, what you feed your mind with translates into actions or lack of actions as well. So, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. talking to that is, not just in terms of that content you've got to also be careful about the people because yeah, a lot yeah. of the things that we're feeding is yeah. really the people we surround ourselves with and yeah. that's why i'm very conscious and careful about the people i surround myself with especially mm. people that can be very negative because mm. that sorts of that sort of negative words start to feed into you and then you yeah. find yourself saying i can't do this or i can't like i won't be able to do this versus saying you know what I can do this. I just need to know how to do it. So automatically yeah. you're thinking with a solution mindset versus yeah. uh, I can't. So I say yeah. be careful with the people because a yeah. lot of times the people you surround yourself with start to become you. I think there's a great saying, if you want to know yourself, look at the people around you and that's the best yeah. um, representation of you. Yeah, 100%. Sure. I was going to have a quote for you. <laughs> go on, go on, go on, <laughs> go on, Daniel. So be, be, be careful who you open up to. Only a few people actually care. The rest are simply curious. Mm. That is true. That's true. But on that point, actually, major shout out to all the people that care in our lives and all the people that celebrate our wins. Because with that support, we've been able to do a lot and we hope that we support you as well. And I think I just I'm super, super lucky that I have so many people in my life that with everything that I've been able to go through, they're always there supporting. For example, this podcast, which we've been able to launch and now we're on episode six or seven and we're flying through episodes every week. And everyone supporting and watching and listening. So major, major thank you to everyone. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure, guys. Been a pleasure. Six tough weeks. I'm joking. I'm playing. I'm playing. Nah. But thanks for listening. And as always, find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast. For any feedback, please hit us up in the comments or DM. Alternatively, if you haven't got Instagram, please email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com see you next week take off take